How's it going, everybody? This is Ryan Doze here for this episode of Across the Bifrost. I'm so excited that you decided to listen today. We have got a great show planned for you. I've got an interview coming up with Dan the Articulator. We're going to talk Thor action figures. We're going to talk photography. We're going to even talk some comics, some Jason Aaron, some Civil War, and why Iron Man should never mess with the God of Thunder. We also have our first recap, our first breakdown of Loki, Episode 1, Glorious Purpose, with another special guest. It is going to be a great show. I hope you enjoy it. Let's get going. Welcome, everybody, to uh, this week's interview. I'm really excited to get to talk with another person whose work uh, I've really grown to appreciate over the last few weeks and months. Um, he does the, these great uh, these great uh, photograph sessions with action figures, which is really something I, I don't I don't know if I could pull off, but he pulls it off well. So I'm going to let him introduce himself, and we're going to get rocking and rolling here. So, uh, esteemed guest, tell us about yourself. Uh, what do we need to know about you? Hey, Ryan. Um, I'm Dan, the Articulator. Um, really just a toy photographer on Instagram. I kind of just keep my Instagram page for just toy photos and, I don't know, ridiculous stories every once in a while. But, um, yeah, uh, that's really all there is to my page. Head me, as far as you guys are concerned. But, yeah. uh, first of all, thank you, Ryan, for having me on. Uh, Absolutely, really Ryan. cool idea. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, so, so when, uh, where are you in? I like to ask my guests, where in the nine realms can we find you? Where are you from? Uh, Midgard, unfortunately, but um, <laughs> more specifically, more specifically, Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, okay. Here a few years ago, from New York, actually, because we wanted to buy a house, and yeah. In New York, they they don't want you to live in New York anymore. <laughs> they just made it too expensive, too inconvenient. So I'm okay, in the South now, yeah. So, so, so. You, you packed up the U-Haul and took all the took all the figures south. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I would say I have like twice as much as I have now. Than oh my I gosh! Then, so it's much lighter move. I, I don't. I never want to move again. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy getting here. When uh, when you say uh, when you say unfortunately Midgard is there I just totally off off any kind of script was there a is there a realm of of Thor's world that you wish you lived in? Uh, you know it's a good question. I would want to say Asgard, but I feel like that would get kicked out. So I, yeah, I'm too clumsy. I feel like I I would party a little too hard with Volstag and I might get kicked out. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. What what do you when you're not <laughs> When you're not taking great pictures and, and posting them, what is your day job? Uh, super boring. I'm a project manager at a, a real estate brokerage, actually. So, like, we buy and sell houses, and I kind of run. Like, we do, like, a little bit of a pre-reno before we put the houses on the market. And I kind of run that and kind of take care of the houses when they're listed. And, you know, I say it's boring, but it's actually it's kind of cool. Like, it's drive around, you know. Um, I see, like... Tons of houses, some nice, some really crappy, most in between. But uh, yeah, it's nice having a field job. Yeah, so that's the um, yeah. 
That's the Donald Blake. That's Dan. That's Dan Donald Donald Blake, and then uh, the Articulator is your your version of Thor. I get it. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So what? Um, I like I said, I started following you uh, a little while ago, um, and really, I, I think the first picture that I really gravitated to was you did this. You did this Beta Ray Bill uh, shoot. Which I thought was super cool because even amongst like, even amongst uh, superhero fans or, or Marvel fans, you don't really see a lot of Beta Ray Bill stuff. But if you're a Thor fan, man, that is a name you you kind of have to know. Um, yeah. So that made me ask, I wonder, like, what what began this thing for you? Because you're you're doing deep cuts with characters. What what started this love of photography and action figures? Tell me that story. Yeah. So, I mean, I always kind of collected action figures like, you know, there was like a brief, I guess, if you want to call it hiatus in high school where like it wasn't cool and you had to kind of try and had friends over so you can have action figures everywhere. But right. like as soon as I, you know, I had my I had my own place when I was 20 and I had some disposable income. So I kind of like I really picked it up and kind of like I had a couple of Marvel Legends here and there. I had some you know, figures based on video games that I played, like some Bioshock and like Assassin's Creed. But I didn't really, until I started having a little bit of disposable income when I was living alone, did I like really dive deep into Marvel Legends. And like, uh, I, I caught up with like everything I wanted to get, but like I had this, like, I just, my place was too small to like display them. And also like, I was a single guy. I was like, what do I, am I going to display action figures? And, <laughs> and like, you know, I mean, it's not, you know, whatever, I guess be yourself and all that. So exactly. Like, they sat in the corner of my, and I put in quotes, air quotes, living room. Cause it was just like this tiny room for a couch. Yeah. It was like just a pile of ugly old Marvel legends toy, toy biz boxes, which I don't know if you remember what they looked like or know what they looked like. They were like, big and obnoxious and they had sharp corners and like you'd walk near and wrong wrong and you'd like cut your leg open or something like that kind of a hazard uh, but, <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah so came a point and then i uh met my now wife christy uh she actually has a she goes into the handle uh action figure she's also a toy photographer awesome get into that in a sec yeah yeah, yeah. um but she like she came over and she's like, "Why do you have all these in boxes? Why don't you put them up? Like, what's wrong with you, idiot?" <laughs> so I was like, "Okay, well, this is my wife, so let's just you know." And then <laughs> the uh, rest is history. And then probably so you know, throughout our relationship, we always kind of collected things here and there. She wasn't super into it, but she was like, you know, got into it because she kind of saw like what was available because of my. You know, I guess we want to call it lifestyle. Um, <laughs> it was a lifestyle choice, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. I, guess, I mean, what else could you call it? Like, nobody probably see behind me, but there's like an immeasurable amount of plastic behind me. Just you know, that's a lifestyle. So whatever. Um, so like around, I don't know, like 2018, I think it was. You know, we were a year into living in Charlotte. Like, we didn't really, you know, in our 30s and, like, couldn't really – how do you meet people 
people in your 30s, like, if you're not friends with them at work, who yep. are also specifically into this stuff. So it was like, you know, we kind of saw that toy photography was a thing, and we're like, oh, maybe this is a cool way to, like, actually do stuff with our collection and make friends and, you know, be social and stuff like that. So yeah, uh, I'll give all the credit to her. It was her idea for us to, like, create the pages. Um, so from there, we just kind of... Basically, it was all born out of like wanting to build friends with friendships with people like like minded because even yeah. you know I guess we're going to call it nerddom like toy collecting is not like and not everybody does it or gets it so you know, uh, yeah man that was kind of the way to to for you know get into that so and I feel you know I feel like it was absolutely worth it like made some really good friendships and. Uh, feel like I've gotten better at doing this. I get to express myself creatively. I used to draw. I don't do that as much anymore. So it's like kind of like combining hobbies. And yeah. Still getting to do like creative outlet. And I don't know. It's never thought that it would be a thing. But here we are. <laughs> so. I did, like I, I'm just kind of hung up on the fact that like you're like, man, should I display these or not? And then like a girl yeah. shows up and is like, oh, I got I, I got to talk to this guy. He's got yeah. he, he's got a pile of toys yeah. in the corner. Yeah, and she, you know, she basically enabled me is like, why, idiot, open these? What are you doing? Like they're <laughs> they're too open, you know. So, well, I, I don't uh, know if you can see. Like behind me, I I got I got a, I got my few my my small collection of figures, and I got people that come over and they're like, why are you displaying? Thor, like a Thor <laughs> Hot Wheels, like why is why is that a thing? And I'm like, if you yeah. if you got it, you would get it, but you don't get it, so you know. Right. If I have to explain it, then it's not. I can't explain it. No. Exactly. But I think the Hot Wheels actually kind of works because, like, the, the box art is kind of a display piece in itself. Oh yeah. Like, you got a picture with it. It's yeah. so like it's so standalone because, like, what's cool about Hot Wheels, like they kind of it's like a minimalistic approach to like the character like i don't yeah. see a ton of them but like i could imagine thor it's like if you look hard enough you can kind of tell it's thor but if it's in the box like oh that's obviously thor so yeah but you have this little tiny four-wheel canvas that you have to like Im- yeah. like imbue the essence of a character onto uh i, yeah, yeah. I never actually looked at it that way but yeah that's yeah I mean, it's got it's got goal yeah Sp- speaking of thor um since you yeah. know that's what this podcast aims to do uh, is to celebrate and explore his world um, and really the people that are adding to it, you know, in their own way. I wanted to know, like, because those were the pictures that really gravitated to me first. And I'm sure we'll get into all the other awesome figures, you know, that you've done. Um, I know there's like a lot of manga stuff on there and anime uh, yeah. and there's other superhero stuff you do. Um, where did your appreciation of of Thor and his world begin? What, what is your connection with the character like? So I don't remember specifically how it came up, but my dad actually was a big fan of Thor and just Marvel comics in general growing up. Uh, he was born in 1949. So that would have put him like early teens with like Stan Lee starting Marvel comics. Also, he lived in New York, like lucky guy. Manhattan. It, it, that was like the Marvel Stanley's Marvel Universe was like made for him, and that, so he just kind of you know he was always into that. And like when I was you know growing 
movies, Marvel cartoons and all that. And like, you know, it, I'm sure it was pretty cool for him to see like characters that he read in the comic book actually now like coming into the mainstream and like the sun's watching. So like, I guess he got excited and he started, uh, I guess he took me to like some comic shops and like started talking to me about other characters that maybe weren't appearing in shows and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, Thor, obviously, there's not a better example of that than Thor. I mean, back yeah. in the 90s, like, the slim pickings, like, for anything mainstream for Thor, like, you know, yeah, that Spider-Man cartoon, that yeah. cartoon, like, even Hulk cartoon and Iron Man, like, and I you probably count on one hand how many times he appeared in any of those. I think, like, maybe in X-Men. Yeah. Like- and then definitely, definitely a Hulk episode, but, like, yeah. It was, it was just, you know, so he kind of told me about that. He got me into it, you know, um, got me some, you know, comics to read. And, you know, I was super young and like, it's so weird. People think comics are for kids, but they're really not. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like I'm like five or six years old. He's handing me comics and I'm like, you know, uh, I could read this, but like, I don't quite get it, but the pictures are cool. And like Thor looked just, you know, he just had to look like giant red cape, like, massive towering over everybody just swinging the hammer around like beating the crap out of whatever was in front of them so i mean that was super cool like just it also kind of felt like it almost felt like like i'm the only one who knows about thor because all my friends were watching like x-men and it's like yeah 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 so it's like you know it, it was a gift and a curse it's like it's like yeah thor's like my guy nobody's gonna give a crap about him but like also there's not anything thor in existence like I, I right think, you know yeah it, it, only very very recently thanks to that movie and you know the mcu is like or actually a thing now but yeah yeah, yeah. so so i i just love i love that so i love that the connection really with you know the character and, and superheroes in and of themselves comes from uh another connection with your dad i think that is just mm-hmm. That's awesome, man. I, I yeah, I, I'm incre- I'm I'm incredibly jealous of the time he grew up in, like comics wise. Right, that is yeah, the birth exactly. of the Marvel Age. <laughs> mm-hmm. Does he? I yeah. mean, does he have any old old books that he kept, or was he one of those kids that read them to shreds? And his no, uh, unfortunately, does not have anything to his name. His grandma, well, my grandma actually, his mom, but just threw everything away, like. <sighs> Toys, it, it, it was Man. you know, <laughs> like my parents are borderline hoarders and kept like everything from like little sock puppets I had to like when I was four years old to like you know just ever like you know beady babies and all this other crap from the nineties that just like everybody had and like you know but uh, yeah just unfortunately it's all trash probably. But there's no, there's no like, there's no journey into mystery eighty three just hanging out in his basement. stop saying but, stuff like that that's that's a that's I the know. dream right there yeah yeah exactly 
so yeah, uh, nothing, nothing to show for it. But like you know, he had you know, he didn't remember a whole lot of stuff, but he just knew about characters and like would tell me about them. So, like you know, super into Spider Man, obviously, but like you know, for every even reason, like Thor, he would just talk about him and like you know, made him sound so cool. So I just I don't know, kind of gravitated towards him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So. So how has that? Uh, how has that? Because you know, bringing it into you know your your love of the character and the characters around him to modern day, and what you you and your wife are doing with these accounts, as this this outpouring of you know love for this care for these characters, how have you chosen to approach the character in your photography, or maybe just actually first maybe just like break down like the photography aspect of this and then how you've chosen to approach those characters specifically. Yeah. So, I mean, it's hard to kind of like come up with something completely unique that hasn't been seen in a comic book. You know, again, I figured it's like, yeah, no, 80. Well, I guess 50 for Thor, but whatever. Uh, So it's hard to like come up with just original you know, ideas of anything, but like, you know, I tend to like lean towards like recreating iconic moments or comic book covers or just, you know, kind of famous scenes or taking a spin on a, you know, uh, a, a famous scene or something like that. Like, okay. you know, you talked about the beta Ray Bill picture, for example, like I, that was just kind of born out of like, I want to take a cool picture out of, a, you know, beta Ray Bill. So it but, came out you know, great, man. Pictures, I think I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, but, you know, I think, like, the week before that, because I, I I try to do, like, a, a, a Thursday, Thursday post, you know, uh, for yes. the very Thursday, yeah, exactly. Uh, so I try to, you know, it's hard to keep up with that every single week, but um, week before that, I did, uh, you know, just a recreation of the Odinson on the moon after, you know, oh. he, he became unworthy, right? So, so good. I think, yeah. Um, and I think another time I did like just a recreation of one of, uh, Asad Rabik's covers from that, uh, Jason Aaron run, I think 2012 or something like that, which is like yes. young Thor, old Thor, and then just like present day Thor. I think I did that like last year, but you know, it, it's kind of where I go, just kind of recreate iconic kind of scenes yeah. with the figures that I can and, you know. Maybe every once in a while, like, I just want to see Thor beat crap out of Juggernaut. I'll do something like that, too. So, <laughs> do those crossover <laughs> issues, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and I try to keep it, you know, get fresh because if I try to do Thor every single Thursday, it's going to get kind of stale. So, you know, oh, maybe yeah. throw like Loki in there or whatnot. You know, I have some ideas. You know, I don't know. You probably can't see it behind me, but I got like a whole corner. Let's see. Still got, you know, the Destroyer, you know, Malika, Thor, Sith, and, like, you know, try to maybe throw them in there. But, yeah, so basically just kind of breaking down and recreating, like, famous scenes and stuff is kind of, like, what I lean towards most, it seems. Yeah, I I even actually to <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, we're going to get killer audio here on this. Your video is actually not on. So I, I when uh, if you keep saying uh, what's behind you, I I would love to see it, but I can't I can't right now. Um, I'm I'm just I'm, I'm looking through. Uh, 
I'm, I'm honestly, I have, I have your page up next to me and I really think one thing that I, I appreciate about your approach to these characters, I mean, you got so much awesome stuff here, not not just comic stuff. Um, I mean, you've got a few Skeletor things on here where, I'm not going to lie, I freaking love Skeletor. And uh, you, you're, you're, you're speaking my love language with this Skeletor stuff. Um, but the way that you, the way that you light and the way that you shoot Thor... I just capture uh, to me so much of his essence, and and what's crazy is sometimes I'll I'll be I'll be scrolling through, and I kind of forget that it's a toy, like it's an action figure, it, like how how has that been like tr- for you trying to like elevate like you're not just some some guy uh, sitting in his basement you know taking Polaroids of of toys like how have you tried to elevate it to that point of where you're trying to create art with these with these photo sessions you're doing. So that first of all is a massive compliment because lighting is always something that I struggled with and sometimes still like struggle with. I you know sometimes I'll try to set something up and like I'm like I, I don't even know why I'm doing this. Like, <laughs> So that means it's done, first of all. Um, so, and I wish I had a better answer, except just, you know, when I actually went and made a conscious effort to get photography, lighting, you know, materials and equipment, you know, uh, it kind of just, it bumped it up for me and it kind of was a game changer. And like, you know, I feel like, I like playing with color a lot and I think that that kind of just makes pictures pop more. Yeah. Um, so like you know, I can be, I feel like I could be heavy handed with, with the lighting sometimes, but like with, you know, the color lighting at least. Um, so it's, it's really just kind of like, I'm trying to set up colors that kind of complement the characters or create like a, you know, a, try to get the essence of like what time of day it is or you know are we like in a building do we want to have like some kind of you know dim lighting or something like that so it's kind of it's it's a tough question because it's not so conscious it's just like kind of mess around with things until it just kind of looks right and yeah i have like these gel filters that i lean on a lot and you know sometimes it's like just mixing those colors around and different temperatures and stuff like that just until like kind of feels all right and you know i have a graveyard of pictures that just like i will never post because i just like don't feel like something was off about it most of the time the lighting yeah so you know it's almost you could almost say it's like a crapshoot like I'm, yeah. just, I, I'm learning every time i take pictures and you know if it works and it doesn't like i don't like cringe when I look at it, that means it's good enough for me to post. So yeah. <laughs> that's kind of, that's kind of just my method to the whole thing. I wish I had a better answer for that, but <laughs> well, no, it's, just, it's more of like a, it, yeah. like the picture has to feel right for you. Like, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and sometimes, sometimes do you ever get one, you ever get a, just a quick side. Like, do you ever get a picture? that's like, man, this is a good picture, but I don't really feel like, I don't really feel like it fits. Do you, do you ever have that that feeling when you get to a character, or or does is the feeling does the feeling supersede that kind of thought? 
I mean, you nailed it with that. Like every once in a while, like I'll take something and just like something feels off. Maybe it's the setting. Maybe it's just, you know, it could be anything, something so, you know, minute that can just like kind of throw it to a spot where like, I just, I don't know if I really want to put this out there in the world. So like, yeah, like the littlest thing can throw something off and, you know, that's uh, arguably that could be like, you know, being hypercritical, but I just, you know, I try not to be too precious about pictures that I take. It's, you know, it's a hobby, but at the same time, I don't want to make myself look stupid. (laughs) So no, man, you want to be, you want to be good at it. Yeah, exactly. You know, like when I do something, if you're not going to try to be halfway decent at it. So I get it. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, totally. Uh, I, been there many times <laughs> well I, I know that like a few i think it was either earlier on this last week or maybe a week or two ago you posted this this low key that was so spot on like it 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 it, it felt the most low key that i think a picture could or it, it was it was it was uh you know correct me if i'm wrong if i'm not getting all the terminology right but like it, it was green everywhere and i think there was like fog yeah. in it um, yeah, uh, you, you made know, fog, you, you, man. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, so that, that's actually just like a polyester that like you would use to like stuff a pillow. So okay, kinda like, yeah, just kind of like put it around. It's like it, it's working with fogs is a little difficult. I actually tried taking something today, and it's like it's so temperamental. Uh, so like when I can use practical fog like that, I try to. And okay, you know, with that picture specifically, I was really going for you know that. Uh, that moment in Straczynski's run back when like Thor was going back and he rose Roxton and you know he was trying to bring all the Asgardians back and yeah Thor uh, Loki came back in, in Sif's body but then you know that was him coming back into his original body just like oh. coming emerging from this fog and just like that picture always stuck with me as like very that's Loki to me you oh know? so like, it, it personifies yeah, so him like, uh, I don't know. Going back to just like recreating famous and iconic moments in comics or or whatever it may be, you know, uh, try to get like the essence of the character in moments like that. So, well, you I mean you nailed it with that. And with the with the low key TV series coming out, I'm just like, man, you're, <laughs> oh, yeah. you're probably gonna get tons of people hitting you up for more low key stuff. It's <laughs> I appreciate that. I, yeah, I wish we had some better Loki figures but yeah I mean that one I love that one but it hasn't aged well the articulation is not as good as it was then you know maybe we'll get in a, a better comic accurate one because there was one a couple of years ago and it was it fell a little flat but okay um, yeah I'd, I'd be all about that I mean honestly any and all <laughs> as guardians that they want to do I'm, I'm all about so or, the, uh, so Speaking of uh, of figures, um, I I wanted I wanted to ask you a few uh, Thor like Thor specific questions, and maybe not so much on the 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 photography part of it. But do you have a favorite Thor related figure in your in your I'm sure treasure trove uh, uh, of figures <laughs> you own? Yeah, um, actually I do. Um, until very recently, it was like. Uh, a uh, a Thor Marvel Legends uh, that was based on like his comic from uh, Jason Aaron when he first took over Thor. 
Wow. Just like the, you know, yeah. So until very recently it was that, but um, a couple of years ago, I think now at this point, uh, Marvel Legends did a, an 80th anniversary um, line of figures where they kind of um, basically pulled directly from Alex Ross's artwork. And, oh, uh, my gosh. Yeah. So it's a heavy hitter. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so they actually, they put out a classic Thor, like, you know, first appearance, uh, look and, you know, uh, I wasn't like, it wasn't the perfect Thor to me at the time. Cause like it, it's capes, uh, plastic capes suck. I'll just say <laughs> like they, they really, they really throw off like posing and you know, the weight of a character and bounce it, it, it just, it's a killer. Like, yeah, I wish that if there was one, I'll take a price hike if they could just go ahead and stop doing plastic capes on any on any line of figures. So more that, um, fab, yeah, that, that big, fabric feel. Uh, what was that? You, 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 oh, do you? Yeah, the, the fabric. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, I was brave enough to uh, rip that thing off and actually Ooh. like take myself to a craft store and buy you know actual like fabric or you know uh, I, I don't know how to describe it it was kind of silky a little bit I, I have another like a, a 12 inch store and I tried to get like the material on that cake so uh, basically I like put my crappy home ec- <laughs> Uh, skills to use it like sewed a wire cape and like put it in there it came out halfway decent nice and once I did that I was like okay I've transformed this and I think I like it now because like I mean you couldn't move the head on on it or anything like that before this plastic cape got in the way and so you know I kind of you know I kind of made it better for, for my you know use and display and all that so I gotta say long-winded answer but uh, Marvel Legends like 80th anniversary Thor it's got to be my favorite okay so far. uh yeah <laughs> when and amusement like we we've seen so much of Thor over the last you know mm-hmm. six seven decades 80 years of Marvel yes. and, and you mm-hmm. so I I gotta have you back and we got to talk about this whole aspect but you have said Jason Aaron's name a few times mm-hmm. and I love oh, you yeah. know um, uh, Rabix art on those. Um, I don't know if you're. Uh, I don't know if you're reading right now, but Donny Cates and Nick Klein are doing oh, yeah. a fantastic job on him right now. But Jason Aaron's one of my favorite uh, authors for Thor and for the Avengers, actually. Um, in that great, just yeah. he he um, he provides so many great moments for Thor. And I want to know what your favorite moment of Thor is, whether it's a movie moment. Uh, we actually really haven't talked about the movies that much, um, which is fine. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite moment of Thor in his you know, illustrious history? Um, Comic-wise, I thought about this a little, a little bit, and it's kind of funny. I kept... I was trying to think of like if there was some kind of action scene or something that he did, but like I keep going back to this moment where, um, you know, it, Thor was not around for the events of the Marvel Civil War. Um, no, he was not. And Tony Stark had the gall, I don't know if you remember, to actually clone Thor <laughs> from, <laughs> yeah. Yes, he did. His own cybernetic Thor 
so you know, and that went horribly. Like, of course, you know, he killed he killed Goliath. You know, it, it was not good. Um, luckily, Hercules, you know, fixed that <laughs> at, at the end of the film. But um, when Thor actually came back, and that was again during Straczynski's run, um, he I forget exactly why, but I they were in uh, New Orleans, like right. Uh, this was like post Katrina, so like they were kind of talking about that and bringing you know real life into, into comics for a moment. And forget why exactly Thor, exactly Thor was there, but you know Iron Man just kind of shows up. It's like, what's up, man? How you been? Um, <laughs> stuff has changed since you've been gone. And Thor basically just he was super quiet the entire time. You know Tony Stark being Tony Stark, just talking and you know, kind of telling him, this is how this is, this is how this is. And then Thor just kind of shuts him up and just basically tells him, you know, you are a piece of crap person. You cloned me. You killed my friends. You have some nerve. And he like, and I wish I could quote it word for word, but like he, they were about to like throw down basically. And he like rips his helmet off. And says something to him that basically like breaks him down into just. I wish that I could tell somebody off the way that Thor told off Tony Stark. Oh, it's and so- it was just so satisfying. It was you know, especially because like the Civil War was still raw at that moment. Yes, so it was like everybody was pissed at Tony Stark, you know, and they just like I think Thor just kind of said exactly what needed to be said to Tony Stark, and like, I still think about that as like favorite moment. That so, is. You know, Civil War. So Civil War is my favorite comic arc. You know, in in I mean my lifetime. I'm third. I'm thirty, and when uh, when they brought Civil War to life on the screen, I was like, okay, I, I think you got parts yeah. of it. Uh, you know, I understand yeah. that would have been kind of a feat to do as a movie, but like leaving Thor out of Civil War was so smart because then yes. you know we didn't really get that moment of comeuppance when he, when he returns, but that is, I mean, I can literally see the panel in my brain right now. And I'm like, yeah, Tony, you should not across this guy. Like you just, yeah. you shouldn't have. Yeah. And especially to find out that like, I think he mentioned in the actual comic, like in the civil war comic that he took that, like he took that hair from Thor when they first met. Oh. Like, and so you've been planning this the entire time. You like you had some inkling that this was going to happen the entire time, and arguably, like it's kind of good to have that, you know, foresight. But also, don't yeah. say that you took it. Like, yeah. don't say that that was like the first time you met. Like, uh, it's just, just kind of. I still don't forgive Tony Stark for it. I, I <laughs> it's like duty. I still don't. Like, uh, he's arguably like gone. Redeemed himself in the comics many times to many people, but I'll try. Tony, Tony, if you're going to take the nuclear option, at least make sure uh, you're out of the blast radius. <laughs> like, right. Uh, <laughs> exactly. With, uh, with, do you have a favorite movie moment of him uh, with Chris Hemsworth's portrayal of the character? Uh, yeah. Uh, easily. And I, I don't cry a lot or at all during movies. <laughs> okay. But like, um, I can't, I can't, I don't know. Uh, I, when he showed up in Infinity War, 
um, with Groot and Rocket behind them and said, bring me Thanos. I got a little choked up, not going to lie. Oh, yes. That had to have been like my favorite moment. And again, it's just words. Like it's not anything that he did. It's just words of his. Yeah. 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 I think sometimes he, uh, because he's such a brute and he's a god, and, and so many people refer to his power set, his dialogue and his yeah. like cerebral approach to things gets underrated. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it, between that and then the, uh, you know, when Immigrant Song kicked in in oh. Rock in the beginning, where he's fighting Surtur. That too, like I, I bounced between the two, but I had to go with the one that kind of like put me in a more emotional state. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that had to be another favorite of mine. Yeah, you know, really, but just the way the Thor movies, the Thor standalone movies start off, they were all pretty strong because you just gotta, you know, you get like just a quick glimpse of like what's going on with Thor, and it's usually just him beating the crap out of everybody. And like even Thor 2's intro was awesome, and like you know. They which will blow up Thor too, but like that intro was amazing. Believe me, this podcast will get to the dark world. We we, we will we will pick it apart a thousand times. Um, so, yeah. kind of taking it back to you know your 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 love of this character and your approach to it, mainly through the lens of photography. As we kind of wrap up here, how do you? What do you want to do? What is your hope and your, your goal with uh, with your photography? Um, in general, I mean, honestly, I, I, I've gone as far as I think that I ever thought that I would with this. You know, I like I said, I came here really to just make friends and just have a creative outlet. And you know, I've made some really great friends. You know, and I feel like I've gotten better at this from when I first started. So that is like as much as I could ask for, but like, you know, I have been featured by Hasbro before. Um, I would have led with that, man. Well, yeah, I mean, like that, that right there is like above and beyond anything that I could have ever hoped for. You know, they, they did like a, uh, a presentation last September. They, you know, revealed new figures and, and talked about new products and stuff like that. And, you know, to be kind of put up there and noticed by a multi-billion dollar company, you know, it's, you know, a small time running the team and of whoever, you know, saw that, but it's still pretty cool. And again, way further than I ever thought that I can go or even like really what I, you know, deserved for what it was like I, being up there with people way more talented than me and people I look up to is just, you know, that's it. I've, so like I can't ask for anything more than that. Like, yeah. So that's awesome, man. I what well, man yeah. featured by Hasbro. I, I'll bet you. A kid, I'll bet you. A kid Dan didn't think that when he was buying Hasbro toys, he's like, yeah, someday, no. someday they're gonna want to use my <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, not not at all. Kid Dan was actually writing letters to Toy Biz requesting Thor toys. <laughs> so, but, and they actually answered one. So that was kind of cool. But that's awesome, uh, man. Yeah. Well, 
I, I, I want to give you just this opportunity here on this on this small little platform uh, uh, that you know we're, we're trying to grow and use uh, to promote yourself, promote your work, really anything you want to say here at the end, um, and then uh, we'll, we'll get out of here. Yeah, um, I mean, really, I just follow me at the Articulator on Instagram. Um, that's really my only social media to actually do anything with. I mean, I have a Twitter. I've never tweeted, <laughs> but I, just, I have one just in case, uh, you know. What's your wife's yeah. Instagram yeah. handle? Uh, her Hers is uh, Action Fit Girl. Uh, so, so go follow her as well. Figure. Yeah, but like instead of the E at the end, just an L. So Okay. Uh, so yeah, follow her too. She takes a lot of pictures of androids and she's actually, you know, branching out to, you know, taking the pictures of, you know, Marvel Legends and Star Wars figures and stuff too lately. So that's really cool. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's all I got in terms of social media and, and thanks to plug. Well, man, Dan, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, remember, uh, if you're listening to this, go follow at the articulator and, uh, get your, your, your very like routine, almost daily dose of action figure photography. Uh, Dan does a great job and, uh, every so often he features our boy. He features, uh, Thor and his world. So thank you, Dan. We'll talk to you down the road, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. You have a good one. Hi, everybody. Welcome to our first Loki recap. Yeah, episode one is in the books. It is it was a phenomenal thrill ride. It was what really I feel like a lot of us fans were waiting for. And I can't wait to dig into this episode with a friend from work. Uh, her her uh, her excitement. You will really really get a hold of that when uh, when she starts digging into the episode as well. But I'm gonna let her introduce herself, and then we are gonna dig into glorious purpose, the first episode of Disney Plus's Loki. So, friend, introduce yourself. Hello, um, my name is Zoe, and like Ryan said, I am a good co good friend of his. I'm from work. Yep. Um, I am so excited, Ryan, that you asked me to do this um, because I have been such a Marvel nerd and there's very few people around here that um, understand and appreciate um, the Marvel Universe as much as you do. Um, so thank you for having me. You are very, very welcome. I know, uh, I know, I know you're more of a Winter Soldier fan. Uh, you're, you're Bucky all the way. But uh, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really glad that you decided to come on and talk about Loki with me. So, uh, yeah, without further ado, what were your first impressions of this monumental first episode we got, Zoe? Oh, my gosh. I mean, just from the opening scene, I was, I was just so excited throughout the whole episode. I literally had to watch it twice because the first time I was just like, oh, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Like, I was, I feel like I was almost overreacting <laughs> to every big yeah. <laughs> piece of that first episode but like I just I loved how well this first episode came out to be if that makes sense like I love yeah, how yeah. they immediately took up from the minute he took the Tesseract in New York of 2012 you know like I literally like I love how they opened with that because it just it takes us right into it and there's no like 
you know, seeing a glimpse into the episode and then they have to like, you know, bounce back from the past to, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? So it was just, oh my gosh, it was, it took my breath away. It was so good. So, uh, with, with our time here, we're not going to have enough time to walk through the episode beat for beat. Um, uh, I'm sure there's going to be, uh, time for that down the road somewhere uh, when we can dissect it more uh, on the detail level. But what were some of the high points of the episode? Like when you think back of your multiple viewings of, uh, of, of this first episode, what were the high points for you that maybe uh, just connected with you the most or made you laugh the most or were like, you know, Oh my gosh, that made me so happy. That made me so sad. What were those high points for you? Um, well, some of the high points, oh gosh, there were just so many. I loved the moment where he, you know, gets through all of the testing parts in the beginning there. And when he's like waiting in line to, you know, be put on trial, I loved how, you know, Miss Minutes comes on and talks about the whole timeline and everything, just because like, it's been a while since we've really talked about the timeline and all this stuff from Endgame and things. And so I really, I loved that part just because it really, it dumbed it down for me because sometimes it's hard (laughs) for me to, (laughs) it's hard for me to process things. Um, One of my other favorite high points of the episode were, was the moment when he um, goes into the evidence um, area to talk to you know, the guy who took the Tesseract to put in yeah. the evidence and stuff. I thought that was so funny because, one, he didn't know what a fish was. And he's like, I'm going to gut you like a fish. <laughs> right. and he was just like... using – he was trying to scare him, but it wasn't working. And I just – I love that because it was, it was so funny. What's a fish? <laughs> yeah, he's like, what, what is that? And he's like, you're telling me you don't know what a fish is? It was just so funny. But then, like, when – that moment when he opens the drawer and Loki sees the Infinity Stones. Oh, my, my God. My jaw dropped to the floor. I was like, what? And then are those what I think they are? I was like, that is that really the infinity stones? And then he asked, and he's like, Yeah, they're kind of useless here. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. But it's just like, oh my gosh, like, why do they have so many? And so it just like started unraveling all these questions. And oh, it was it was definitely that was a good one of my favorite moments, probably, because it really intrigued me and it made me excited to see what else was going to happen later in the series it was honestly so speaking of that scene it was so jarring for me honestly when you see that drawer open and there's multiple infinity stones for for each color for each you know aspect of uh, of of the universe i'm like oh my and then he just he says that line like oh yeah some guys use them as paperweights which that killed me because what? I know what some of those stones like what this like the sacrifices that had to be made for those stones exactly and that just broke my heart like I'm thinking of Natasha and you know Gamora oh, both having to like fall down that cliff you know and oh my gosh and then um Vision with the mind stone like I was like oh my gosh like this is killing me but then it also made me think about how you know, it's so hard for Thanos to get all of the stones. Like, how come there's so many, like, in, like, there? Like, how many other people have gotten those stones? Like, it makes it almost seem a little easier than what we originally thought, if that makes sense. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. 
The honestly, the uh, one of the high points for me, and like you said, Zoe, there's just so many high points. There's so many things to get excited about. Uh, I mean, really, there wasn't like there wasn't like a low point of the episode. Um, but one of my favorite moments was when Loki goes back to the viewing room and he watches. Yes, he watches this this marathon of sadness. And he, because because we we have talked off air about this a lot that we are getting unredeemed Loki. We are getting yes, you know, peak of his ego and his selfishness and his 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 mischief. We're getting to that, and he sees his mother die, and and, and Frigga's death in Dark World is already sad. But you know, looking he's looking ahead at a future he does not know. Mm-hmm. Frigga dies, Odin dies, and then he watches himself die. I know. I was so, I literally, like you said, we talked about this off air. It brought me to tears because like how it's, it's you know, through movies and, you know, su- such a long period of time of like personal growth for Loki to get to that point, you know, and like just having to having him go through that within a matter of like a minute or whatever like it's just so i can't imagine how overwhelming that was for him and it was just so heartbreaking because like oh my gosh it was rough it was so rough but no like did you now your opinion on this after he has that sad moment of watching himself die what kind of feel did you get from his next like the next vibe he was giving off like i got like this sense of like oh he's not like oh that's like the weak version of me and i'm not gonna let i'm not gonna let my life become what i just saw did you get like what kind of vibe did you get from that my my initial reaction was he like I said, I was just so caught up in the excitement. For me, the first time, it felt like he was, you know, like upset, but then he kind of, I almost got a sense of him like feeling okay about, you know, everything that happened. Like, but then I'm like, no, I have to watch this again. And the second time I could tell he was just so mad. He was like, this is, this is how my life is. He's like, no, this cannot be my story. And I could see how frustrated he was that this is the life that is his purpose. Because, you know, he always talks about his glorious purpose. And yeah. it just was not glorious at all for him. And so I can tell he's very frustrated. Yeah. there's. I, I think so. I think some of the like the, going into this episode, some of the main talking points have been like, we get unredeemed evil Loki. What are they going to do? as if like they're not going to flesh out his character a lot but i i think in this first episode especially with his dialogue with mobius uh, and mm-hmm. mobius really really pushing the character like owen wilson's portrayal really just skyrocketed to the top of my mind you know in like in like that powerful marvel performances because he's like no man why are you hurting people yeah what, what like what is your like all the gl- glorious purpose BS aside? Why are you hurting people, Loki? And and, and you see Loki try to like try have this air about him of like, well, I, you know, like they they crave subjugation. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, you sound really smart, but like, what happens when you actually get to rule? 
Yeah. Like, have you thought that far ahead? And, and then when you see when you see Tom Hiddleston, uh, just from a from a performance aspect, when you see him uh, in these scenes where he is portraying this deep, uh, this deep like uh, how do I say this? The complexities of the character. You mm-hmm. see it come out in his in his mannerisms and his face and and how he responds to to, to Mobius and to you know, even the, even the desk the desk clerk with the the fish references like <laughs> he is struggling yes like, seriously struggling um I, I just maybe like what did you see in Tom Hiddleston's performance in this episode because we've we've known this character for ten years mm-hmm. did you did you feel like he added anything in this episode to a character that he's already played in multiple movies. Um, maybe Tom Hiddleston specifically, how did you feel he did in this opening uh, inaugural episode? I feel that Tom Hiddleston has honestly, his, the way he portrays Loki, I feel like this is one of like his best performances because I mean, in the past, we see Loki as this, you know, really mischievous character. And, like, he's very, you know, I, I don't know how to put it into words. But he's just that mischievous character. But in this one, it's more of those, like, he really brings out more of those emotions. We've never, we never really get to see much in Loki because he's yeah. always putting up his guard to be, oh, like, good. I'm a god and all this stuff. Like, in this episode like being able to see all these emotions because even in the other movies like when his mother died like he had to process that like on his own he never saw his mother actually die he just heard about it and like you know it's it's just a whole new way of seeing how loki processes his emotions and expresses them and like you know kind of deals with those struggles yeah yeah no it's almost like a it's almost like a character study in what makes Loki tick? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and honestly, I, I don't I don't I don't think maybe sometimes he even knows what makes him tick. Yeah. Um, as we you know see from the scenes you know where he's he's holding he's holding the tesseract in his hands and he's just like kind of slumped over, uh, sitting down and he's like, you know what you know yeah you're right you know a, a lot of this in in layman's terms he, he just kind of says you know yeah a lot of this is an act i'm mm-hmm. covering up my own weaknesses yeah um so well man i, I could talk about tom hiddleston all day long um, oh i but, could too uh, trust me <laughs> um, so we uh we talked in the preview uh of all these new characters we get to meet um yes so i wanted to know like who who stood out to you in this new cast of characters who stood out and why did they stand out to you specifically? I mean, like we talked um, about before, like definitely Owen Wilson's character um, really stood out to me just because of, you know, the way he, you know, really gets to break down Loki and, you know, is working with him and stuff like that. Like that character really stood out to me because I, you know, I've seen Owen Wilson's um other movies like Marley and Me and all this <laughs> stuff like it just I know ne- I didn't understand why they picked him but then after watching the first episode I'm like okay no like now I see it like he he yeah. is a good match for this this show um but like we talked about before um off off record whatever um the one girl guard I don't I we don't know her name yet I don't believe 
but she stood out to me too because of just her sass level because yes. it's really I really connect with that Bring um it. yeah so it I'm like I'm excited to see how you know what else this character brings to the show later on yeah I I think I mean everything you said about Owen Wilson as Mobius I just I echo and I second you know a, a thousand times over I also think that um the judge um uh I don't think we got her name in the episode but uh she her her name is Renslayer um from the from just some of the preview stuff I, I I've gone into she is interesting to me because she has a moment where uh Loki asks well where are the timekeepers Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the the I got this whole you know uh, I- I- intro to the TVA you know uh, breakdown. Where are these time slayers? Uh, they're they're uh, and she has a moment where she's like, oh, he's questioning something that maybe we don't want him to question. Um, yeah, and he's uh, like, oh, well, they're they're guard- they're determining the divine timeline, and he's like, well, then what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I you know i lay down the judgments that they you know what this isn't about me like so i know she she'll probably be more of a minor character but maybe maybe there's more complexity to that you know relationship and she clearly has a tension with mobius yes. um, from their little like miniature like side conversation there so that'll be interesting something to track um mm-hmm. with the time we have left i want uh I want you to just like share with uh with the listeners with the audience Zoe what uh, what are like some predictions you have going forward give us like what's like your most outrageous prediction you have uh for Loki and the remainder the remaining 5 episodes we have Well okay I have two but I will keep them brief The okay. first one I kind of got from a TikTok that I I saw um just last night about because I'm not I'm not good with the comics, but there is, you know, in the comics that talk about this um, portion of, you know, information we're going through with this show that um, Modius, is that his name? I can never M- Mobius. Mobius. Oh, my gosh. That's embarrassing. Anyway, Mobius, <laughs> um, <laughs> his character, like they there's a prediction out there that he is like one of the main like bad guys. And I'm curious to see if that, you know, if that actually happens. Um, Again, I'm not sure what um, bad guy that actually is in the comic books. Um, But then my other prediction is, okay, so when they're going, uh, when Owen Wilson's character, (laughs) Mobius, is going out and is, you know, investigating these, you know, kind of crime scenes of all these TVA people that have been being murdered and all this stuff. Um, they think that it's Loki, but, and he says that it's Loki in this first episode, but I have a gut instinct that it's actually not Loki. Like maybe okay. Loki's working with this person, but the, it's the hooded figure, you know, yeah, I'm yeah, pretty yeah. sure this hooded figure is not Loki and it's someone else making it seem like Loki, if that makes sense. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I can, I can buy into that. I yeah. mean, all all signs point to it's Loki and it's another version of him, and there's all this talk about that. But honestly, I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, I I can't. Wow, now you've got my mind kind of racing about who it could be. Uh, I mean, there, I mean, it, there's a whole, literally a whole comic book universe of people to choose from. Exactly, so, <laughs> exactly. Uh, 
I would just say uh, for me, like my, my bold prediction, I, th- this whole obsession that the TVA has, this mandate that all the, uh, you know, with the pruning and the, you know, the, the, the guarding of the divine timeline, I think that is, that, that is a bad thing. I, I'll put it this way. I think the timekeepers are preserving a timeline where they remain powerful and maybe not for the best reasons. Yes, I can see that. Yes. I, so uh, for those of you that listen to my preview, I have a feeling, and, and this is not original with me, but but I've, I've really fallen in love with this idea that uh, Kang the Conqueror from uh, from comics and from you know fighting the Avengers, who has just been cast in the next Ant-Man movie, uh, the actor Jonathan Majors is playing him in that movie. I have a feeling that Kang and his uh, his diabolical multiverse, you know, aspirations is connected to this divine timeline, and that maybe Kang is one of these timekeepers. Um, that is my bold prediction. I will just say okay. I, I, I don't think the TVA is up to. Uh, I don't think they're up to completely honorable things, but maybe like the characters we know on the level, you know, that we've experienced them, like the judges and the the um, the, the ones that go out through time to re- reset these timelines. I Maybe they don't know about the nefarious aspect of the TVA. Yeah. That's just a that's just a, 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 a little thought that I had the other day that I, I'm, I, I really enjoy. But I, um, I agree with that. I can see that. So uh, that wraps up our recap of Glorious Purpose, Loki, Disney Plus, number one. Man, it, I, it was a thrill from beginning to end. There's so much of that episode maybe we didn't touch. And if that is you know something you want to reach out to us and talk about your impressions of Loki, reach out to us on social media. We want to talk to you. Uh, Zoe, thank you for joining me for this episode one recap. Uh, is there anything you want to uh, say as we leave or uh, plug your, your social media stuff? I'm going to give you this last like, you know, 30 seconds. So you, you have it. Do with it what you want. <laughs> OK, well, um, I don't really have much to add else about this episode, but just that I'm so excited to see what else this um, um, these couple episodes um, have in store for Loki and everything else. Um, I'm just super excited. And um, yeah, my Instagram yeah. is just Zozo Amzing. Um, it's, <laughs> um, I like it's, your handle a lot, by the way. <laughs> thank you. It's, I misspelled it once when I was in high school and, you know, it just stuck with me. So, um, Fantastic. that's, you can pretty much find me on all social medias with that handle. So yeah. Okay. Well, thank you Zoe for joining us. We'll, uh, we'll see you at work. Okay. See you <laughs> <Okay>. later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. That does it for the show today, everybody. I want to thank Dan, the Articulator, for stopping by and talking action figures and photography with us. We got some Jason Aaron talk in there. We talked about Iron Man. We talked about why he shouldn't mess with the God of Thunder. Uh, It was a great time chatting with him. Also, thank you to Zoe for stopping by and breaking down low-key 
episode one, Glorious Purpose. I hope you're enjoying that show as much as we are. It has been a thrill ride, and we've I've only seen one episode so far, so can't wait to see what happens with the rest of that show. Reminder for you, on Thursdays, we drop vintage uh, episodes where we break down the history of Thor. So last week, we dropped uh, the first one. We broke down the first three issues of Thor. Catch up on that and then join us on Thursday for the next three issues. It's going to be a great walk through his history. Be sure to go follow the show accounts as well on Instagram. We are at Across the Bifrost. On Twitter, we are at Across Bifrost. And a little bit of news about the show. We just got on iTunes. I am excited to uh, expand the show to iTunes now. So if you're listening on iTunes, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show when they drop on Monday and Thursday. Give us five stars. We would really appreciate it. And leave a comment. It would really help get some momentum behind the show. I would appreciate that so much. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Across the Bifrost, and I can't wait for you to come and jump on the Rainbow Bridge with us the next time. Have a great rest of your day, and remember, friends, stay worthy.